Testing. 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 Boy, Welcome to Bloom and Grow Podcast. We are so glad that you are listening today. How are you, ladies? Dandy. What does dandy mean? <laughs> You're so annoying. Oh, no, they always genuine. say fine sublime. and dandy. Sublime. Um, <laughs> definitely not sublime. Um, oh, it's okay, sorry. What was the question? How are you? Oh. <laughs> Yikes. I'll say cozy. Yeah, that's a nice, nice word. It's, you know. You're feeling cozy <laughs> or it is oh, cozy. Oh, you said, how are you? How oh. is it? How, how is, is it cozy? How are you? How is it dandy? Oh, how am I? How am I? How are you? Dandy. Okay, how am I? Mm. I am. Mm. I'm swell. Oh, look at these words. I like it. I like it. So. We're going to have a conversation to die about codependency. Have you heard of this term before? Yup. Yuppity up. What are the thoughts, the images, the emotions that come to mind when you hear that word? It's giving cage. Toxic. Ooh, it's giving cage, she said. <laughs> okay. Um, if you had to define codependency, do you think you could come up with a definition? No. Uh, no, okay. I feel like I could only use references, like real life references. Oh yeah, it's like probably not. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> but you, you let us know yeah, what the real definition yeah. is according to science. So codependency. <clears throat> I have a few like blurbs here because I don't really like I like definitions, but I like definitions to create my own definition. If that makes sense. Codependency um is being too dependent on someone or something that cannot meet your needs. Pretty general, pretty vague. Another definition is working harder on someone than they are working on themselves. Looking to another person to define your worth. Not being okay in and of yourself if X person is not okay with you. Another definition, needing another person so much that you enable someone to participate in unhealthy practices. Okay? Mm. There's a lot there. Essentially, codependency is, um, simply put, an unhealthy relationship, which has its roots in our view of ourselves and identity. So, a lot of times when you read about codependency papers or um, psychologists like to, quote-unquote, define roles, I don't think putting definitions and defining roles is that um, productive because you're just adding another label to yourself and I think that's a whole that's what the enemy wants the only label you should accept mm. is child of Christ because then if you if you listen to this and you see struggles in yourself you're now going to see yourself as flawed or a problem person this is just more so for insight rather than a label if that makes sense mm. so every codependent relationship consists of parties that take on distinct roles um, the, the import, it's important to know that these aren't fixed roles uh, a person can at times be both um, an enabler and the person that is, you know, causing harm to a person and um, mm-hmm. the codependent person. Mm-hmm. So true. the codependent, and you can f- go back and forth in the same relationship. So you, maybe with my relationship with Jay, I could be the problem person. And with Gabby, I'm the enabler. Or in the same relationship with Jay, t- today I'm the problem person, tomorrow I'm the, I'm the enabler and back and forth. 
So um, there's some definitions. Some some papers use the term co- the codependent, which is anyone who is dependent on another person to the point of being controlled or manipulated by that person. Um, something that they might say is, I am responsible for meeting all the needs of this person. So in this definition, I talked about manipulation, but what does that manipulation look like? Um, insecurity, self-doubt, and the desire for approval leads to a dependence on people-pleasing performance that can easily be manipulated. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, like you don't ever really have to say, hey, I, I'm so dependent on you that you can manipulate me. It's just evident in your actions mm-hmm. and people can take advantage of that. Uh, Any thoughts so far? Yikes. I think like maybe in every relationship at some point you might have probably had tendencies one or the other way mm-hmm. yeah, for, for sure, sure. Mm-hmm. and I think something that I don't know like my view on this is that we all can easily be find ourselves in this codependent cycle um, because just at the end of the day we're flawed and codependency come codependency comes from a flawed view of love and because of adam and eve there was a fall and we look for things outside of god to meet our needs so Mm -hmm. it's not i think a lot of times when you hear talk about codependency there's like the shame culture because it was first um defined in the 1970s um in relation to alcoholism like the spouse of someone who had an addiction Mm -hmm. was considered the codependent and i think obviously in social psychology and research now that shame has kind of died down but there still is that element of oh like this is the stigma or the shame of having these traits in yourself and the reality is as humans we're flawed and we're not none of us are perfect Mm -hmm. and it's very easy to fall into these sort of not labels but roles and positions in yeah and i guess like a lot of the times it's not like it's people are aware that they're doing it Mm -hmm. it's more like underneath the surface or you would have to analyze and be like whoa wait Mm mm-hmm so another term that comes up if you do research about codependency is the term the enabler. This is a codependent person who enables the other dependent person to continue with blank, quote unquote, addiction or unhealthy behavior without drawing and maintaining boundaries. So this person perpetuates another's destructive behavior. How? By protecting them from painful, painful consequences that could actually be a motiv- motivated for change. So uh, when you when I read that one, I really thought about how easy this could be in like parenting or any sort of role where you're like caring for someone. Um, I think in parenting, it's easy for you to have a child that you want to spare them from the consequences of their actions so much so that you kind of prevent them from doing feeling the brunt of those consequences and then making changes in their life. Um, what really what it is is the intent was to help and the outcome is enabling. So in codependent relationships, what you often see is one person is weak and the other is strong. So the one seen as strong is actually weak. Why? Because they operate off an excessive need to be needed by the weaker party. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, uh, if you forget roles or if you don't want to you know, absorb what was just said, what it looks like is each party feeds into the other party's unhealthy needs. So it's this push and pull, this uh, cycle in the relationship where I have this unhealthy need, Janelle recognizes it, she feeds into it. Janelle has an unhealthy need, I recognize it, I feed into it. And all we're doing is just creating this unhealthy environment for mm-hmm. ourselves. So if someone were to ask you, what do you think the root of codependency is? What do you think? Insecurity. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Low self worth. Yeah, I agree. And like, um, like neglect from childhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Curtis's codependency <laughs> is a self worth issue. It's desire to find worth and value specifically by meeting perceived needs of others. And like Gabby said, if you really study a person, it really finds its roots in the early beginnings of childhood, and it's a learned and adaptive coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot of like definitions and theory, theory, I guess, if we're going to break it down like a lesson. But in reality, what does this look like? I mentioned the weak and the strong party. So the weak one needs security and the strong one needs significance. So they will attempt to meet all the needs of the weak partner so that that weak person is dependent on the relationship, ensuring the strong party always feels needed. Mm -hmm. I do want to say also, this is not limited to like romantic relationships which i feel like is often what people talk about um and it's like you can really do all the work to look at your romantic relationships and neglect assessing your friendships and continue to be in a work relationships too any relationship relationship. so um according to psychology today codependency easily develops in relationships where factors have caused one partner to fail to function fully on their own. So this one, this definition is an adaptation of the 1970s view where it was talking about substance use. So people are saying it develops in those relationships because of their substance use, they're unable to function fully on their own. Now we see that it's not just limited to substance abuse. It can be anything, family issues, hurts, just insecurities in yourself. Um, and what happens is people appear to need us and then we need to help them. And I think the key word is appear to need you because oftentimes if you assess your relationships, when people say they need you, they need you, they can do it themselves, but you just see the need in someone and you want help. So they like to play the victim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a list of checklist here. And you like to play the savior. Yeah. Yeah. So it, like it is, it's definitely a self-worth issue. When Gabby said you like to play the savior, um, I just wanted to say like, savior having a savior complex or god complex or wanting to be all things to all men is literally um just setting you up setting you up for this and is self low self-esteem just in a different cloak exactly um this this checklist is from a book called um codependency and it's by sydney hunt so i will ask some of them uh and it says here if you respond to a yes to four or more of these questions, you may be involved in a codependent relationship. Wow. Okay? Four. Listen up. Folks. Set in the bar really So low. I like that it says that. And I don't know how back to this is by research, but it just goes back to what I'm saying. Anyone can at some point or another find themselves in mm-hmm. these relationships. Right. And it's important. It's not necessarily being in the relationship or identifying it as codependent that matters, but what you do afterwards that matters. And it really depends. And sometimes it's like... I guess you might get to this anyways in the, in the end, but mm-hmm. just because you might be in a codependent relationship doesn't mean that the relationship can't be healed yeah, or like right. restored right. or mm-hmm. fixed. That's a good point. You know, it, it doesn't mean that like, like Ariel said before, it's a, a sign of two people being broken. And most of us have been or are like at some point have yeah. been broken individuals mm-hmm. and you just have to work through that so mm-hmm. yeah it's not like i don't like i said Throw before to don't pressure. yeah don't be ashamed of if you if you find yourself to be you're like oh my gosh like mm-hmm. 
these relationships I feel like are codependent relationships like don't be ashamed of that but Mm -hmm. what you do after is what matters and you know you never know sometimes the relationship can actually be restored but even if not like at least you're not in a codependent relationship yeah so I think this is something that like I mean not I think I know I find um just like social psychology and just relationships and how we interact with people interesting because like you're you exist in the context of other people you exist in relationships mm-hmm. and if you're going to continue to grow you have to do the work to assess the fr- the health the mm-hmm. wealth and the health of your relationships and do something Facts. about it like if you're not ever having these conversations not ever introspecting then it's like a bit scary because and then, you can't there's no think room that you're going to be able to like just improve yourself on your own mm-hmm. right. that's a lie from the enemy and like we can yeah. fool ourselves thinking that like oh my goodness like i can just work on myself and yeah. be the, and not and neglect the fact that there are relationships around you that need fixing yeah like but those relationships if those are the people that you're spending time with then like by default you're going to need fixing too because you're spending your time in these broken relationships constantly. Period. That's, I couldn't have said it better myself. Just backing up Janelle's point, like if you're thinking that on your own, you can, I don't know, like create the change and improvement better yourself without ever changing your environment, you're fooling yourself Mm -hmm. because your environment is very much what shapes you. Mm -hmm. And like until you change your environment because like Eric said we're we exist in relation to others and like our identity is found it's very much tied to our relationship with others until you change your environment you halt how much you can change yourself yes so this is a checklist number one do you struggle with feeling loved therefore you look for ways to be needed do you want to throw all of your energy into helping someone else Do you say yes when you should say no? Do you feel compelled to take charge of another person's crisis? Do you feel drawn to others who seem to need to be rescued from their problems? Do you have difficulty setting and keeping boundaries? Do you find it difficult to identify and express your true feelings? (laughs) Just put your finger down if. And if you've passed four. (laughs) Yeah, that's what you need to introspect. Um... Do you rely on the other person to make most of the decisions in your relationship? Do you feel lonely, sad, and empty when you are alone? Do you feel threatened when the other person spends time with someone else? Do you think the other person's opinion is more important than your own? Do you refrain from speaking in order to keep the peace? Do you fear conflict because the other person could abandon you? Do you become defensive about your relationship with the other person? Do you feel stuck in the relationship with the other person? Do you feel that you have lost your personal identity in order to fit into the other person's world? Do you feel controlled and manipulated by the other person? Do you feel used and taken advantage of by the other person? Do you plan your life around this other person? Do you prioritize your relationship with the other person over your relationship with the Lord? (laughs) And that's the end of the checklist. Like I said, if you respond to yes to four or more of these questions, you may be involved in a codependent relationship. And the book says, when we, when we find ourselves in unhealthy patterns of relating, we need to change our focus, change our goals, and change what is hindering us from running the race God has planned for us. Our primary focus should be not on a person, but on Jesus. Amen. Okay, so we talked about codependency, but from a Christian perspective, I feel like there's a little bit of a struggle for believers. I'll only mm. speak for myself. Like, 
I found this book at the time where I was in a codependent relationship. And I remember I was like, okay, cool. I hear all of this. I did the checklist. I think I had like 10 or like 11 or something. And I was like, KKK, cool. But um, it's a bit of a struggle, God, because I think what the enemy does is he has this case. There's a case of half-truths that perpetuate this unhealthy yes, dynamic. 100%. Okay, so I wrote out a few of the ones I could remember from this time in my life. So... One is this, like, desire to help. So what happens mm-hmm. is a good desire to help then becomes an obligation. Mm-hmm. And then you're doing things out of a sense of guilt, out of mm-hmm. a sense of worry, out of a sense of fear. Worst case, out of a sense of survival. Mm-hmm. And then the result is the opposite of a voluntary spirit. So in this situation, love and loyalty become excessive. And then now idolatry exists. Mm-hmm. God no longer has the greatest priority in our lives and the true mm-hmm. test is in our actions. Mm-hmm. So... I want to talk specifically about giving or helping from the opposite of a voluntary spirit. Let's look at scripture. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7 in the ESV says, Each must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful mm-hmm. giver. Mm-hmm. So I remember reading this verse. Like I like I said, I was reflecting on the time of my life and the things that I believed. And then as I did that, I found scripture thank, through the Holy Spirit um, to kind of help shape what I wanted to say and I read this and I was like wow so when you are giving or helping reluctantly out of or out of compulsion God is not pleased because the scripture says wow. each one must give as he has decided in his heart and you may think with this codependent relationship that you're in oh I've decided to help I really and have God loves a cheerful giving you're one you haven't decided situations have forced you to help you to, what you, was a healthy it was, it wasn't like a prayerful yes approach, right? what was a healthy desire to help has now become an obligation so now you're forced and you're giving from com- compulsion rather mm-hmm. from a cheerful heart which is what god mm-hmm. loves wow. and i think that's something that like beyond this conversation we should assess when we're helping and see what what's um, this part behind it if it's not cheerful is god really pleased and if our intent is to please God, then that should be motivation to do something and look at our motives. Why are we not cheerful? Is there something wow. here that is that needs to be addressed? That will kick legalism in the butt <laughs> and religiosity. Like people wow. that just do, like you just, anyways, I'm totally going on. No, that's good though. You're just right. Just do things just to do them or just to, you know, seem... To like, check it off of a list. Yeah. Obligation. Rather than from a chair. Oh, it's like, it's that. Okay, no, we're going on a tangent. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, checking your motives is so key because even though we might bless other people because we are doing them a good oh. deed, mm-hmm. we are missing out on the blessings of ourselves because it's not coming from the right place. Baby. Yeah. So, that's so true. Okay, so in this continuation of the case of half-truths, we're going to look at another um, concept and scripture. So we know, if you know anything about Bible, or if you've been around church a lot, you hear this this conversation, carry each other's burdens, carry each other's burdens, be like, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And so then, I remember for me, I was like, God, your word says to carry burdens. So like, am I, like, am I not doing what you say? Like, hello? Um, so let's look at Galatians 6, verse 1 to 5. Verse 1 says, carry each other's burdens. And then verse 5 says, each one should carry his own load. And I was like, hello, is this a contradiction? <laughs> like you, in verse 2, <clears throat> the writer says, carry each other's burdens, and then it goes on. Then in verse 5, 
after seeing characters burdens each person should carry their own own load load. Mm -hmm. so am i carrying someone's burden or my own like like you know Mm -hmm. it's not really clear and i i read this and i really struggled i was like this is a contradiction god but your word doesn't lie so what's going on so if you study the the chapter in the greek verse two the greek word for burden is baros and it implies something that is pressing heavily so in this verse, verse two, carry each other's burdens, essentially you're helping to carry what is too heavy for someone else to bear alone. Mm-hmm. Verse five, the Greek word for the load is phoriton, which is something carried. So something carried, not implying something that's too heavy, like you can easily carry it, like something small. So mm-hmm. I think what the verse is saying is when you carry what others should carry, you are not being wise, obviously, because we're not called to relieve others of their rightful responsibilities. That's not what verse mm-hmm. two says. It's relieving people of the burdens that are too heavy to carry on mm-hmm. their own. Wow, that's so another thing about codependency and looking at it through the lens of the word. Codependency goes against the biblical principle of reaping what you sow. How? The party that is being enabled in a codependent relationship is spared from the outcomes of their own actions. Every time that you prevent, intervene. In, mm-hmm. Every time that you intervene. And then there's no sort of you reap what you sow, which is a biblical principle. Okay? So we spoke in our podcast about, was it self-worth? I don't remember, yeah, I think it was self-worth. Deuteronomy 6 verse 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Just like low self-esteem is tiresome and takes your energy, so do codependent relationships. You're not able to love God with all your heart, soul, and strength when you use your energies to help others, to, you know, continue this negative cycle that you're in. Mm-hmm. Okay, also, I was just thinking, even with the scripture that you read, um, Galatians 6, mm-hmm. um, verse 1, yeah, it says, carry each other's burdens. I'm not sure what verse... T- or sorry, verse one or verse two says that, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure what's in between three. I mean, in between two and five. But I feel like the intent of the scripture is, you know, we're both or the whole body of Christ is carrying each other's burdens and carrying them to the cross, mm-hmm. so that yeah. Jesus yeah. Can, can help alleviate yeah. that burden. Mm-hmm. Like it's we're not our intent to, to pick that up on our own or yeah. continue to walk. Yeah. No, because there's other scriptures that mm-hmm. says that we're supposed to. Give our Cast burdens, mm-hmm. cast them him. upon him, and he will mm-hmm. make our burden, our yoke or light, and rice. our whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you needed another kind It's of just to help bring the other person's to burden to Jesus. To Jesus. To We're the, helping mm-hmm. the, that other person keep carrying it. carry it to Jesus. Yeah. We're yeah. not supposed to pick that up and carry it on our own. That's a really good point. Yeah. Because, yeah. If we were just to carry other's burdens, then we are... If that's where it ends, then you just be taking on the role of What are we doing? Yeah, yeah. what are we doing? You're just going to be burnt <laughs> out and exhausted. And it's like, oh, really, thanks for trying, but um, this is not accomplishing anything because you're a flawed human too. Right. Matthew 5 verse 9 is a Beatitudes, for those who don't know. And it's a whole list of blessed are these, blessed are that, blessed blah, blah, blah. Right. One of them says blessed are the peacemakers. And so, you know, you read that and you're like, okay, I'm blessed if I'm a peacemaker, like, you know, (laughs) I make peace in relationships, like where there could be conflict, there's going to be peace. But obviously, if we think with our heads and allow the Lord to guide our thoughts, God is not calling us to be sacrificial lambs. Because you're not getting peace. Yeah, exactly. And drawing boundaries or even bringing an end to the relationship or, you know, having a conversation with the other party can make us feel like we're violating this scripture. But we are called to make peace, not to keep peace. Only God can keep the peace. 
you may have to make peace with yourself first before you can make peace with others. And if you're going to be a sacrificial lamb, like we just, like Jay just said, the other person may feel at peace, but you're not at peace. And it's a false sense of peace because really you're in turmoil just trying to keep the other person that's from so being. True. Yeah, it's so gosh. Yeah, that's so true. And that would just like reinforce the fact that that's an I like idolatry is at the root of that relationship mm-hmm. because you're pursuing the peace of that other person yeah. over your own mm-hmm. peace. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh gosh. I like this scripture, Matthew 5, verse 9, NLT. It says, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. What we often forget is that in that work for peace, there's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. maybe even conflict-causing mm-hmm. moments, but you're working towards the goal of peace. Yeah. And I think that when we read scripture, God said, the peacemakers, if you have, first of all, toxic Christianity, that will be the... The supporting argument for stay in this relationship. You can't cause this person harm. You can't put boundaries up. You can't walk anything. away. You can't say anything. Mm-hmm. You can't Don't say anything that will cause conflict mm-hmm. because the Bible says, Blessed are the peacemakers. But I like the NLT, Blessed are those that work for peace. And oftentimes, mm-hmm. to get peace in your heart, true peace, godly peace takes work. But even to sometimes, caught like ending to get the end goal of peace. You actually do have to, like Ariel said, stir up the pot and you might cause what seems to be Mm -hmm. discord. Because there can be no change if you don't feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so So a lot of people who work towards peace, and you can look at people like, we can look at world leaders who are known as peacemakers or who have gotten the Nobel Peace Prize for Mm -hmm. whatever things. Mm -hmm. They had to, they were placed in sticky situations and had to do things that were counter culture culture and they had to stand up for things that were not at that time being you know yeah being um i guess people weren't standing up for it and so it was definitely a tense uncomfortable situation and maybe it did not feel very peaceable in the sense i think maybe we just have a different concept of peace and like Mm -hmm. the reality is god wants to be able to have people to feel his peace yeah and that comes when you're living right for god yeah so if you stir the pot but that in the long run that person ends up having a best relationship with god then did you not work towards the peace Mm -hmm. even if like even if your relationship with that person doesn't end up how you thought it would be but if the outcome is both people are now in a better relationship with god then did you not work towards the oh peace gosh, yeah wow. but like it's so true i also think people are afraid to like the reason why people would feel like oh like i need to keep the peace is because you're fearful of losing the relationship yeah that's so and it's yeah and back to also idolatry because you are now like placing this relationship in an um, like you shouldn't be so afraid to lose a relationship Mm -hmm. that it's causing all of these negative outcomes Mm -hmm. internally for you. Like you've put that relationship in an unhealthy place in your life. A relationship or a person can cause all these issues like with your emotions, that person like you've given them power. You've given that relationship power, yeah, that it should not have no power to make you anything. The situation Mm -hmm. around you could be anger causing, but don't give the person the minute you the person is able to cause Mm -hmm. like you to be angry, to be fearful to make decisions decisions. that person's an idol and that relationship is ungodly i'm sorry that's just what it is Mm -hmm. so again back to this these thoughts that i had in my in this season of my life i also like seeds seeds of um uh what's it called like the the devil was planting seeds of 
deception, but yes. framing them as half yes, half half truths. Um, so the last one was, you know, I, I remember I was like, God, I'm called to love like you, Jesus. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, did you boy. not say you laid down your life? Da, 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 da. <laughs> and then God was like, you're supposed to love like me, but not be me. Like, as humans, we can love like Christ, but we cannot. At the end, they will never fully yeah. be. Christ, like, because it's not our job. But we can't be, and that goes back to what Gabby said about the savior complex. Mm -hmm. Like, as much, that's, that's, that that will liberate someone right now. That's tough. (laughs) (laughs) You can't, like, you can love, like, Jesus, but at the end of the day, only God is God, and he can, he's the only person (laughs) who can be someone's savior, someone's true helper. Yeah. He's the only one who can give true peace, so. Oh, my Yikes. Yes. And scene. Yeah, that's on period. <laughs> but yeah, like I think also this conversation in the conversation of, you know, godly love, when you love like sure. Christ, the whole end goal is to the point, point to, to Christ, Christ, right? Yeah. You're not supposed oh, to be God. Christ in that relationship. That person needs I mean like you, at the end yes, you represent to, him to Christ, and right? yeah. but you are not you, to be in It's Christ. true. What's yeah. the fruit of yeah. that relationship? Oh yeah. my goodness. Okay. If so, that person is just always turning to, to you, you and not to God. Oh, hallelujah. Okay, sorry. I just wanted to, because Jay said that, I just wanted to put a little bit of a plug in toxic Christianity with when it comes to relationships. I don't know if anyone else has heard like, oh, I need a strong man or I need a strong partner, like a strong girl, like Christian woman. I need a strong da 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 Um, Because, you know, I want a husband that, you know, show me Christ and be, be like the what's it called uh, the priest of the, my yeah. home and like okay yeah he's the priest of your home <laughs> but who is the priest who is the who's the priest going to god you need uh, your own relationship with god and even like the whole conversation was like i need a strong partner are you a strong partner and i feel like in a lot of christian relationships you can really get codependency mm. when that person is looking for when you put so much emphasis on finding a strong partner you make yourself the weak party that can be but honestly this kind of ties Ooh. in i know so many times i've heard people and they'll say they always make the connection with parents and children, but they don't extend it as much to other relationships. They'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, like, you know, you can't get to heaven based on your parents' salvation. Oh, wow. Well, it's the same thing that applies. Yes, it's the same thing that applies with your relationship with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Like, there's if there's a stronger person or whatever, like, you can't rely on the other person to get you into heaven. Mm-hmm. You have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. Just like with your your friendships and stuff, like, Yes, surrounding yourself with people who love God and who are striving to do, you know, what he wants them to do and just, like, living for God is great, Mm -hmm. perfect. We love Mm -hmm. that for you. But at the end of the day, if you are not doing that for yourself, no matter who you surround yourself with, like, it's just not enough. Like, it's just, it'll never be enough. Like, you're not going to be able to be like, hey, knock, knock on Mm -hmm. the the gates of heaven. Be like, well, my peeps are in, you know, my husband's in there too. I feel like, to Ari's point, I think people just need to go back to the basics and understand the foundation of the gospel because Jesus came to be the mediator, or Jesus came so that the Holy Spirit could be Mm -hmm. the mediator between man yeah. and god so you don't, don't need, need a, priest. a priest you don't need a middleman yeah. you're holy the holy spirit if it's living and working yeah. inside of you that 
is, is your guide. That's that your is your guide. That's that is your priest. You, you don't need to, to <laughs> depend on a third party to intercede on your behalf to get yeah. the word to it's come so down true. to. Yeah. And no, like no, no, this no. isn't negating all the things that Ari said. Like, like she said, there are moments where the Bible does say, you know, you carry each other's burdens. Like, right. yes, obviously we support each other in prayer, but it mm-hmm. cannot be something where you become dependent on it. Like, you always go to other people for prayer yeah you right. are always seeking out who can pray for you but are you praying for yourself yeah. are you praying for like, your kids you want things. people to fast for your children do you fast for are yourself? you fasting for your children are you fasting right. for like you know at the end of the day you cannot become dependent on other people doing that for you when you also need to do it for yourself yeah, it's just yes. silly. and you're missing out ultimately your the reality of the situation is you have the most authority over your own life right. and over your family. Right. Like, we, we as outside parties, carry the burden. Mm-hmm. We cannot, it's the, the level of power is not the same mm-hmm. as you sp- taking authority over your own life and speaking over your own life as somebody else on the outside. Right. Yeah. It's like people here standing in the gap, standing in the gap. It's like that's temporary momentarily <laughs> you don't live a lifestyle that's that's a whole concept of standing where are you gap. it's yeah. a momentary yeah. i'm standing in the gap yeah. like that's in supposed to be yeah. closing exactly it's the whole concept of free will like if god gave us free will to do whatever we choose you also need to exercise that free will and take authority over the circumstances in your life Mm -hmm. it's your free will not mine (laughs) (laughs) this is speaking to people who are more leaning to dependent and then obviously like if you're the person who is enabling this and like right you at the end of the day you're gonna wake up and just realize and i'm praying this for you too just like mm-hmm. you are not god for that person mm-hmm. and you can do as much as you can and uh, things just don't end up how it supposed how you want it to end up yeah. like you need to just stop it get some yeah. help honestly yeah I, i'm praying that like the holy spirit will convict us because mm-hmm. if we and we, respond we out, like oh gosh like if we really sink in the fact that mm-hmm. we could be what the enabler yeah. in certain relationships yeah. that means that we could be blocking people 100 from god yeah. we're standing in the way 100 that person experiencing yeah. the full extent of god's power mm-hmm. god's freedom god's deliverance and in this their is life. where and boundaries are powerful is scary. Yeah. this is where setting up boundaries are powerful because some mm-hmm. you need to honestly i'm praying for self-awareness for everyone listening that god will give us self-awareness that god will give us wisdom Amen. and discerning and understanding for our relationships mm-hmm. because like i said a lot of these things are not things it's not like we're walking around and be like i'm in a codependent relationship <laughs> i am the enabler. it's true, it's true. <laughs> you know like it's very very subtle and we can end up being like we're just in a pattern and we don't even realize it so i'm definitely praying that we are that god gives us a spirit of Mm self-awareness of and blesses us with a discerning so that we can discern these things in our relationships and like gabby said stop preventing if you're the enabler stop preventing people from actually getting to where they need to be in god because you're always kind of doing what you know, like you're always enabling their victim mentality. You're always enabling like them not really doing anything mm-hmm. when God just wants you to take a step back. Like that's where creating boundaries is important. If you're the person who is always depending on someone else, mm-hmm. 
you need to stop because God is like, I am the only person that you should be depending on. Right. Like, yeah. it should only be me. Yeah. Only depend on me. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, they preached. I'm just going to say a few more things and then, honestly, I think, you know, we'll have the musicians well, come back and play. But, okay. I think it's important. We already talked about this in our self-worth podcast, so you can go back to this. Episode. That, sorry, episode. Um, but I think it's important to note that it's not necessarily a bad thing to desire and place a premium on whether people are pleased with you. Mm-hmm. But it should not be a desire or demand that is life-giving. Um, you should always say, I'd like you to approve of me, but if you don't, I'm okay. It should yeah. never be, I will never feel content until you're pleased with me, because that's yeah, not healthy. Yeah. Sure, like, we, are, we, have, we yeah. have desires, and it's okay to be yeah, honest about that. So true. But don't let that be the end-all end end be-all. All. It mm-hmm. should always end with, but I'm okay. Why are you mm-hmm. okay? Because your sufficiency is in Christ. Amen. Um, um, base Amen. And, and I think another them. thing as well is, like we're talking, it can be a little bit, it's it's normal to feel sad or emotionally affected when the person you were in, you entertained or had a relationship with is struggling at the hand of their own actions. Because for me, I remember I was like, okay, like, yeah, God, I will do what you're saying to do. But like, it kind of, what what if there's no change? That hurts. Like, because you care in some, if you're when in a relationship you with back, someone, I mean, you're like, you care about them. Like, mm-hmm. hopefully, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to see them do well and it can hurt a little bit. And yes, you may feel sad, that's normal, but you shouldn't let the sadness manipulate you into taking on another unhealthy role. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the sadness should not rob you of your productivity and you your should be unwilling to work yeah. harder on someone than they are on <clears throat> yourself. And if you really believe in God, if you leave the person to God, God will do what God does if that person allows God to do what God does. Mm-hmm. And if that person doesn't, then who are you to think exactly. that you can change that? And I think sometimes, like, the reality of the situation is, I think for quite a few codependent relationships, it really just ends up being, on top of everything else we've already discussed, one person is just more invested than the other. Mm-hmm. Like, And, like, if you were supposed to step away from the relationship and it's, like, that person isn't coming around, if you're not going to give that same level of whatever it is that whatever. they were trying to take mm-hmm. from you if you're not giving that anymore then it, you you they're gone yeah and so then you realize okay but at that point what was the relationship then yeah. like what the relationship was basically a facade mm-hmm. because now that you're not giving <laughs> whatever it's okay it's okay, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's like, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yum well, anyway but yeah, it's, it's basically design, yeah. all just a lie mm-hmm. because it's it was so based on insecurities. It was based on them trying to get some, and they probably don't even know it. No, you know yeah. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they don't realize it. But once they're not getting what they were trying to get from the relationship anymore, then they're gone. So it wasn't yeah. really about oh, like you are. Yeah. I like you for who you yeah. are. No, I like you for what, what I was getting from, from the relationship. Yeah. And I think what Jay was just saying um, kind of ties into what I want to say really quickly about strategies of the enemy because what he would like us to do is when we realize, oh, this per- this relationship was a facade, this person doesn't really care, then the enemy wants us to villainize that that party, create anger, mm-hmm. unforgiveness, bitter- bitterness mm-hmm. towards them, and keep us blind to areas in us that need healing. Yeah, And, you know, and 
I think another strategy mm. that we already talked about is the devil will try to paralyze us with fear. Fear of not being accepted, loved, fear of loneliness, mm. letting someone down, etc. As you can see, none of these line up with scripture and what God wants for us. And the last strategy is the enemy will try to compromise our convictions because we care excessively. And once the enemy has a hold on your convictions, that is a dangerous place to be because each, I think, if you don't know what conviction is, it's something that God, it's individual, God, spirit will, you know, kind of prick at your heart, say, mm, this is something that I feel like for you, God knows us better than he knows, than we know ourselves, right? So because I know you, Janelle, I know your personality, I don't want you to do X, There's Y, and Z. To, yeah, generals too, but like to In protect this your walk with you're God. About. So if the devil can get a hold of your conviction, which is supposed to protect your soul and uh, mm-hmm. save God, it's, like, re- it's like boundaries, mm-hmm. right, for your behaviors and your That's actions. a dangerous place to be because boundaries you, that honor your relationship yes. with God. Yes, that's a good definition. Personal boundaries that honor your relationship with God. Yes. That is a conviction. So when the devil gets a hold of that, it's a de- dangerous place to be. And that's what he would like to do with these relationships because we care excessively, we're manipulating to the point where we lose our standards and yeah, our convictions. That's so true. Um, so, what does a healthy relationship look like? <laughs> Um, a healthy relationship is interdependent, not codependent. So what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Interdependent relations have mutual responsibility to each other. Mm-hmm. Codependence is feeling responsible for each other. Mm-hmm. You are not responsible mm-hmm. for a person. Yeah. And like we alluded to about boundaries, in healthy relationships, boundaries exist. Yeah. And it's boundaries that are communicated. Yeah. Okay? Because if you have a boundary yeah. in a relationship with someone and you don't share it, that Back does to communication. <laughs> What does a healthy relationship look like? Ultimately, remaining close to God so you let his wisdom guide you about your mm-hmm. own motives and the genuine nature of the needs of those around you. Mm-hmm. And that's something genuine. that was difficult for me at first, but if you grow close to God and he's sensitive to his voice, he's not going to lead you into relationships where this happens. It's Once true. you decide, God, I want you to be God of my emotions. I want you to heal the parts so of me. God's wisdom should guide you. He'll show you so who true. is genuine in their need. He'll show you your own motives so that you're mm-hmm. continuing to grow Amen. and thrive spiritually. Amen. So how to move forward. Stop focusing on the other party. Proverbs 14 verse 8 NIV. The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their own ways, but the folly of fools is deception. Mm-hmm. So this is saying when you give thought to your own ways, you are being wise. Focus on what you must do to be emotionally healthy, okay? Because I think anytime there's sort of relational issues, we like to point the other finger. You have a part to play as much as someone else has a part to play. Focus on where you went wrong. Focus on what you must do to be emotionally healthy. Channel the energy you poured into trying to change the other person into changing yourself. Yeah. Focus on solving your problems. So like we said, it's a self-worth issue and feeling neglected by Mm -hmm. others. So focus on solving that, not in your own strength, but with God. Look to God to meet your needs for significance, love, or security. Mm. Allow the pain caused by the relationship to be greater motivation than the fear of abandonment. Mm. And that's something that I prayed repeatedly over myself. I was like, God... Repeat that again. Yes. I, I said, God, please allow the pain that's, ca- that's caused from this relationship to, to be greater motivation than the fear of abandonment. Because mm. I was like... I'm just, I don't want to be, I felt real, like, I don't want to lose this. this mm-hmm. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be lonely. But, mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to say like, obviously there's worst case scenarios where there's greater pain. But if you're in a codependent relationship, if you're honest with yourself, you've been pained. Mm-hmm. And just, even if it's not, for me, I was like, that pain is not that bad. So I asked God to amplify the pain. So it would be yeah. great motivation oh. rather than the Ooh. fear of being abandoned. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Okay. Another thing, release the other party. So, or maybe even releasing the relationship depends. Mm-hmm. 
It may not mean you stop loving them, but you love them enough to stop leaning on them. Caring enough to stop controlling them. Trusting God enough Mm -hmm. to control the person and their life. And that's huge. For me, when I had to really Mm -hmm. assess my relationships, I had to realize that I didn't trust God enough to be God. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be God. I was like, I trust you, God, enough to control this person and their life. Realizing that your efforts have been harmful. Be willing to be hurt temporarily for lasting healing. So that's mm-hmm. basically what happened when I prayed, God, amplify this pain. I'm willing for the pain to be so great that it brings lasting healing. Mm-hmm. Refuse to keep reality from the person. Don't protect them. Admitting you're powerless to change a person, a situation, or a circumstance. Wow. And I think the last point that's really, really key is you need to retrain your mind. Allow God to retrain your mind, it's to renew true. your mind. Because mm-hmm. you're not responsible for people. You need to remind yourself that people are independent of you. They have the right to choose and do wrong because it's their choice. And this was a this is always a hard lesson to learn. And I remember it was very hard for me to be like, like, why would anyone be so stupid to hurt themselves? But they're allowed to make those decisions and they are independent of you. And allow God to bring healing to your past, even memories or experiences you're too young to fully recall. Because for me, I was I remember I was like they psych, psych, psychologists say this starts in childhood but i don't feel like there's any memories i remember mm-hmm. and i remember talking to god god was like just pray for the memories you don't even recall that have shaped mm-hmm. this habit in you like i think sometimes we think oh if i don't recall it then there's nothing in my life that mm-hmm. could have you there's know no created, mm-hmm. created um a stronghold but god needs you can allow god to protect you for the things you don't even know essentially is what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. so yeah that's my spiel Wow. Anything else, isn't it? No, that leaves us with a lot to think about, a lot to pray about. Definitely a lot to pray about. To be like, God, well, here it is. Like Jay always (laughs) says, it, uh, what's, oh, well. (laughs) Like Jay always says, it doesn't hurt to ask God to search your heart. It never hurts. Mm -hmm. That's what we're hoping. Yeah, so at the end of the day, I guess, like, this is going to be a painful process, no matter how you look at it. If you identify some of these tendencies if, if you've seen if you're seeing some red flags or you know relationships come to mind you know it's not it's definitely an uncomfortable position to get to the point where you're like hey like this can't go on anymore god i need a change mm-hmm. it's not going to be easy and it may look different for you how it, that you know actually pans out but the end result, Ariel can testify, is yes. worth it. Worth it, definitely. Trust me. And when you're on the other side, you can't even fathom what being whole and free looks like. You don't even realize you're bound until you're free. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's really, so don't true. be so afraid true. to pray the hard prayer of God. Let me feel the pain of the actions I don't even realize are harming me. So and let that be a motivator to yeah. run towards you. Because I'm telling you, like, it may be painful in the moment, but the freedom is worth it. So, yeah, so just let true. God be God. Amen. Amen. On that note, I hope you guys have a great day whenever you listen to this. And if you've been in a codependent relationship, how'd you get out? I'm curious. Mm-hmm. And testify. Yeah. Testify. Somebody testify. Somebody testify. <laughs> Bloom and grow, y'all. Bloom and grow. We'll see you on the next. Oh, well, not see you, but you'll hear from us soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.